welcome to episode 14 of the Sparking Possibility podcast. My name is Sinevi Seeley and I'm a coach, consultant, speaker, mom, and wife. In today's episode, we'll be focusing on choosing hope over fear. In just a matter of months, our world has changed dramatically. It's surreal to think that at this time, there's a global pandemic sweeping the world, which has disrupted our lives to the extent that many people have lost their jobs, their incomes and livelihoods. Many have become sick and died. And those of us who are lucky enough to stay at home have been distancing ourselves while our kids are trying to do their schoolwork online. And many of us try to navigate working from home. I, like many of you, have struggled with the daily ups and downs of navigating this new world. On the one hand, for myself, my life on the surface doesn't seem that different. I'm at home with my family and I'm continuing to do the same work and focusing on my goals when my mindset will allow it. There are days, though, when I pause and ask myself, is this real? Is this actually happening? How is it in my lifetime that something like this is unfolding? Something my 13-year-old daughter asks me regularly is, will this be written about in the history books? And my answer to her is undoubtedly yes. On the other hand, I also have bad days where I feel anxious and worried about all of the what-ifs. Some days I'm worried about my family. I worry about my parents who are in the high-risk group and age bracket. My sister who's a nurse. My siblings who live on the other side of the world. And it can feel overwhelming at times. And despite doing all I can to practice doing all the things I know I should be doing that will bring me back to a current positive mental state, I just have to tune out for a little while. I hate to admit it, but Netflix has been a saving grace. I hardly ever watch TV before the pandemic, but now I find myself indulging in a few hours of TV each day to allow my mind to rest. It helps me get back to a place where I can function again like it's a regular day. And what I've discovered is that I need that time now to be able to carry on. You've probably discovered for yourself what it is that you need to get through this unprecedented time in history. Today, we're going to talk about having hope and turning to hope rather than fear in a world where nothing is certain. I looked up a few definitions for the word hope, and here's what I came up with. Hope is a cherish hope is to cherish a desire with anticipation to look forward to with desire and confidence and an optimistic state of mind based on an expectation of positive outcomes what is it that you're hopeful for right now when we go back to our regular everyday lives and this is all over what is the hope you have for your life how will the world look different for you And if that's what you hope for, what are the steps you need to take now to ensure that you can get there? I've been putting off this podcast for a couple weeks now as I was really reflecting on what I wanted to share with you. Funnily enough, today, as I was scrolling through social media, Deepak Chopra, a thought leader and author, shared a meditation entitled Hope Holds the Future of the World with the hashtag Hope Goes Global. I envisioned in my mind what hope going global would look like. I believe we've seen some glimpses of this already. The videos of the Italian people singing from their balconies, the viral photographs of nurses and doctors whose faces are imprinted from the masks they wear as they fight the ongoing battle against the virus, 
The stories of students delivering groceries to seniors, of neighbors who never previously spoke to one another leaving care packages on doorsteps, of family and friends meeting up virtually to connect with one another, sing songs, play instruments, and tell stories. Many families have shared the benefits of being home together, spending quality time with one another, building relationships and sharing home-cooked meals around the table. Others have taken up new hobbies, baking bread, sewing face masks, painting, reading, and writing. The list goes on and on. But what impresses me most about what's happening in the world right now is that we are seeing each other's humanity. We are focused on what matters most and our priorities have shifted to the most basic level while everything else has fallen away. What kind of world will this be when the pandemic is over? I imagine it to be one filled with a little more kindness and love. One in which we value our family, friends, jobs, hobbies, activities, vacations, and each other a lot more than we have in the past. One in which we can't help but feel gratitude for all we have, how we have changed based on what we've been through. It's this belief that helps me to hold hope in my heart, even on the hard days. The second definition I looked up was for the word fear. Fear is described as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is likely to cause pain or a threat. When we're operating from a place of fear, our bodies physiologically respond accordingly. Our biology is built to respond using fight, flight, or freeze mode. And in this condition, adrenaline courses through our body, blood drains from our brains, and moves through our limbs, which helps us to prepare to respond to whatever's causing our fear. When we're prepared to fight, we're geared up and we're on edge. In flight mode, we're getting ready to run and do whatever is necessary to remove ourselves from the source of our fear. And in freeze mode, we're paralyzed. In some ways, our biology has served us well to protect us, to keep our senses heightened, and to allow us to respond quickly. In other ways, our biology is wreaking havoc on our lives in that many of us are remaining in this adrenaline-driven condition day in and day out with no relief in sight. Operating from a place of fear is exhausting. It's draining. It leaves us with little energy to focus on anything else. And when we get into that mindset, it becomes very difficult to change us. Many of us have developed strategies to deal with our fear and anxiety. Some are more effective than others, and some will work for some people and not for others. It's important for you to recognize the physical and mental cues that will tell you when you're in that state and mindset, and then to actively choose how you want and need to respond in the moment. Some of you will need to sit with that fear and anxiety and feel it. It may look like sleepless nights, days of not getting dressed, eating unhealthy meals, drinking too much, or numbing with television or distractions. Others will feel the fear and anxiety and then choose to move past it. Choosing to hold the fear and anxiety at bay while still continuing to move forward. It is possible to take steps forward, even when you're feeling your worst. It may be as simple as setting a goal for yourself of getting dressed or making yourself a meal. There's no right or wrong way to move through fear and anxiety, but it is possible. 
Just ask any survivor of trauma and they will tell you it is possible. One of the most effective strategies I've used with my coaching clients to help them break through the cycle of fear is to have them focus on what is within their control. There are many things we can't control, like when the pandemic will end. If we or our loved ones will get sick, what happens in our economy or with our jobs? Things we can control include how we choose to view the situation, how much news we consume, choosing to implement practices like washing our hands or wearing gloves and a face mask when we go out. Self-care is another strategy that's so important for us to focus on at this time. Some of you may be practicing social distancing alone and could be feeling quite isolated. Others may be feeling completely overwhelmed having all the family members in the household 24-7 with nowhere to go or leave. Practicing self-care means that we choose to focus on taking care of ourselves the best way we know how. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to train to run a marathon, although some of you may be. It means being kind to yourself and meeting yourself where you are at right here and right now. My self-care involves working out, drinking water, eating healthy food, and working on my daily gratitude practice. I do what I can to normalize my daily routine, although I wasn't always in this place. At this time, I credit seven months of daily consistent habits that have allowed me to continue with these practices even during a pandemic. Self-care for others might look like simply setting a goal for the day or for the week to accomplish. It might look like allowing yourself a nap when you're feeling tired or stressed. It could be journaling or talking to a friend on the phone. The most important part of self-care is taking some time each day to ask yourself what it is you need in the moment and then try to give yourself or seek out what it is that you actually need. A third strategy I will offer is the gift of perspective, the ability to look at the bigger picture and understand your place within it. It's easy to become overwhelmed trying to make sense of things we don't know or have the answers to. We can fall into the trap of thinking that because things seem out of control at this point in time, that they will always be out of control. It's difficult to wrap our heads around the fact that life is so uncertain with so many unknowns and we can't plan or control what happens next. The gift of perspective allows us to take a step back and truly understand that because things are the way they are today does not mean they will always be this way. Because you are feeling the way you do today does not mean you will always feel this way. Consider the possibility that your perspective is only one piece of the puzzle and that there are many puzzle pieces that fit together to form the full picture. You may not know at this time what that picture will look like, but what does your specific puzzle piece look like? What are the different pieces of your life that you have 100% certainty about right now? Remember, no one can take that part away, that part of you away. Who you are, what you know, what you value, and what's most important to you. In closing, I want to leave you with a few coaching questions to help you choose hope 
over fear in the coming weeks and months. So grab something, a pen and paper, or grab something that you can type or record with and take a few minutes to answer the following coaching questions. The first, what is it that you are truly afraid of? Especially now, considering that we are in a global pandemic. Secondly, where does this fear stem from? And third, what is one thing you can do today to change how you respond to your fears? And on the flip side, what are some of the things in your life that currently give you hope? What are the hopes that you have for your future? What will this look like for you when the pandemic ends? And how can you share this hope with others? Desmond Tutu said that hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. I challenge you this week to look for light in the darkness, to focus on what you can control, to meet yourself where you're at and care for yourself and to examine your own perspective. Today and every day, make it a practice to choose hope over fear. Be well and take care of yourself and others.